welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited that you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first time tuning in, welcome. If you are a part of the community here at Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black, welcome back. I really appreciate each and every one of you for taking out the time to tune in and listen. If you guys missed out on the last episode, it was a solo one. I talked about uh, Summit 21. I gave you guys some tips I got uh, from my notes and I talked about how they applied to me. So if you are unfamiliar with Summit 21, it is a summit basically designed for creatives of color. And if you want to know more about Summit 21, just do a quick Google search and you can find out more about it. But that's what pretty much happened in the last episode. So if you need some tips on business, networking, or just self-development, go back and catch that episode. Now, today's episode, I am talking with Kendria about taking control of your mental health as a single mom. So you guys definitely want to stay tuned. If you have been listening to the episodes and you've been learning something, but you have not taken out the time to leave a review, please do that for me. I would greatly appreciate it. I know it's so easy for you guys to just shoot me a DM and say, hey, Kim, I was really blessed by this episode or I learned a lot or I had a full page of notes and I really do appreciate that, but I'd appreciate it even more if you guys would just take out the time to leave a review. And if you haven't taken the time to rate the podcast, you can do that as well. So let's get right into the conversation. Hi, Kendria. Welcome to Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am so decided, so excited to have you on today. How are you? I am awesome, Kim. I, thanks for having me on. I am good. I made it through the day, so I, I don't have too many other complaints, so I'm good. <laughs> yes. Likewise, again, I was just telling you, you know, before the um, before we got on that I did not have a chance to eat today, so... Yeah, it's definitely Monday for me as well. But nonetheless, yes. tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Kendria Johnson. I am the founder of Single Mom Legacy. Um, so I'm a life coach, um, a counselor, and really just um, a person, I like to say, a person that likes to help other people. Um, so I was 17 years old, so teen parent, high school graduation, pregnant, um, really just trying to figure out how, how did I get here? Why am I here? Um, I like to tell people it was never in my plan to have children. So being pregnant at 17 was like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? But um, I definitely say my legacy will always be a overcomer, um, that I overcame so many things, just heartbreak, confusion, being broke, um, not having a place to sleep some nights. Um, so yeah, my story is definitely, I just, I put the stamp of overcome on it. Okay. Interesting. Now you mentioned that you had a child at 17, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 17. So, triggered my high school graduation. Okay. 
Interesting. So you went from like being a teen mom and um, I read that you suffered from depression and personal loss. Kind of talk about that journey a little bit and what it was like. So you were in high school, you got pregnant and you were graduating. So you actually had your child after graduation, right? Correct. Okay. So at Um, at what point did you begin to suffer from depression um, and all of that? Kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, so for me, my my bout with depression was definitely me feeling lost in the world of how did I get here? Meaning, how did I allow myself to get to the place of um, having a distant relationship with my parents, the people in my family? Um, like I said before, I didn't plan to have kids. So it was like, you're 17 years old, confused. And I felt isolated from other people. Um, I felt isolated from the world that I thought that I knew. Um, I just really felt alone and afraid and just really stuck in, oh my gosh, I, I barely got out of high school. Now, I thought I was going to college. Now, I don't know if I can really do that now. So I was really just, um, I was really confused. I was really just confused and very, very afraid to move forward with my life. Um, and I feel like the depression was one of those things that, um, so yes, I, I went to therapy. I sought out support. Um, and I think a lot of times people, when they say that they're depressed, it's like, is that a lifelong thing? Is that something that you can like shake off and move on from? So I just like to tell the single moms that I work with is just like, yes, like depression can be situational. Depression can be a, a one time, one month, you know, six month situation. It doesn't have to be a, a you know, like a scarlet letter that you walk around with. Um, so my depression was really just brought on by me trying to figure it out and me not knowing how to rebound from all the mistakes that I felt like I had made. So that loss was just like loss of relationships, loss of myself as a person. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how I had got to be, you know, 17, 18 years old thinking I'm going off to college next year and it's like oh no I have this kid and now I got to figure out how am I going to take care of them like how am I going to mend all these relationships so for me my depression was just situational it was just the the situation I had the choices that I made mm-hmm. I ended up in the place of let I got to figure this out and I just really don't know how Okay, now what about your family, Kendria? Um, Were they really supportive? Um, Did they kind of talk down on you for being pregnant? What was that like? So my family was super supportive in the sense of once I got over myself, (laughs) so once I got past Kendria and Kendria's stuff and being able to really like open up, Mm -hmm. um, my parents were super supportive. So after um, my daughter was about, I would say, eight months old, I actually moved back in with my parents and that's when I really just start taking like a turn for the better. I say that that was like the end of my one year pity party that I was throwing for myself when I really started to realize like, okay, the world is not against me. Um, I do have support. I do have people that I can count on, but it's really just up to me to kind of like flip the switch in my mind to say, okay, Kendria, like what life do you really, really want to lead for yourself? And what people can you really pull to and gravitate towards for you to be able to get that, that, that support that you really, really need? So, yeah, my family was super supportive. I just had to step out of my own way to realize that, they had, that I had their support. Okay, that's interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the transition because 
Um, I don't know if you mentioned it when you um, tell when you told the listeners a little bit about yourself, but um, I want to let them know that you are no longer a single mom. You've actually transitioned to a married mom. What was yes, that yes, I have. <laughs> and how long have um, you been married? Um, so I've been married since 2014. Um, and that transition for me was really just, I like to tell people I had to open up and I had to show up. I had to open up again to the idea that I was involved in all of the choices that I made as, a, as a how I became a single mom. Um, I had to open up to the fact that I had made mistakes. I had to open up to the fact that some of my thought processes were not always correct. I had to open up to the fact that, you know, me sleeping outside and me not having a job and me not having a car, that was based upon some of the decisions that I had made in my life. Um, and so I really had to open up to the idea like, Kendria, you've made mistakes. Now, yes, you've made mistakes. It's not the end of the world. So what are you going to do about it? I mean, I really had to show up to say, if this is the life that I have and this is my current story, but what is my truth? Like, what is the truth of who I am as a person? What is the truth? of who I want to become, what is the legacy that I want to leave behind. And I knew for sure that I did not want to leave behind a legacy for my daughter of being, you know, broke and depressed and lost and feeling stuck and not knowing what to do and being too afraid to move forward. So my transition my transition was really based in me picking myself up out of my own misery and my own pity party and saying, you know what girl, like Stop making excuses for yourself. If you want to be in a committed, long-term relationship, then stop dating people that are not going to pour into you. Stop dealing with people that aren't on your level. Stop Mm. dealing with people that are not trying to add value to your life. But when you talk about value, like I had to figure out what was I worth? Like what did I want to accomplish with life? So I had to go back to school. You know, I worked a full-time job while getting my bachelor's degree and my master's degree. Um, while taking care of my daughter, but I knew if I wanted to have somebody that was equally yoked, not just spiritually, but also financially and mentally and physically, I had to get myself together. Like I had to get my life together to say, if I want to be married, if that's what I want, well, I have to be in a place where I can attract somebody that's going to want to be with me. Um, I think people don't want to admit that sometimes, but we kind of attract guys that are in some ways like you. Um, maybe it's a little bit deeper than the surface, but if you don't have that much going on with like positivity and motivation and you're really doing things that speak to who you are as a person, then that's who you're going to attract. So I just really had to dig deep, um, be honest with myself, stop dealing with certain people. Um, and if I, I said, I wanted to be married. I said, the, this will be the last guy that I date. And he was, and we were married in 2014. We have another child. Um, you know, we bought a house, um, we have multiple businesses together. So it's just like, I had to really decide what is the life that I want to have for myself. So that's why I worked a full-time job. I've got two degrees. Um, you know, I started in the mental health profession. I became a life coach because I knew what I wanted in my life and the excuse of, oh, I have a child or I had a child young or I was a, a teen mom. Like that, to me, it's all excuses. And as a life coach, I really try to instill with my clients, it's like, look, life is about the present. Yes, the past has happened, it's there. But more importantly, 
My job is to hold you accountable to what you say you want to do for your future. The things that happened in the past, they're important, yes, but they have not that much of a bounding, binding factor in how you choose to move forward. That's just the way you think about your life. Um, so my transition from teen mom to um, married was really just in how I decided to stop making excuses for myself, be open with myself, open up and show up to the life that I knew I wanted to leave, live um, and start really creating the legacy that I wanted to leave behind for myself, my family and my children. Okay. So, um, and I don't know if this is like getting into it too much, but kind of talk about like the dating process, because I think that's hard for a lot of us, like actually being intentional about who you date, but then actually realizing mm-hmm. um, what type of guys to date. And it's like, do you kind of talk to them about, you know, the fact that you have a kid and try to see if they are, let's see, what's the word? Like they, are a leader and you like feel that they're like a father figure um because all guys mm-hmm. are not you know all guys are, are not father figures and it's like okay we can't go off your potential sir we we need to know that <laughs> understand you, know, you that. know what I'm saying yeah <laughs> and so it's like how did you go through that process because you said that you were dealing with basically no good guys for you and your yeah. daughter at in the beginning but then you really decided like hey Kendra if you're gonna get serious about this thing you need to change the guys that you talk to so I don't know like how was that for you like when did you make that decision like okay I'm talking to these guys I'm not gonna talk to them anymore now I'm gonna talk to this guy right here and I don't know if when you were talking to him you were talking to somebody else but kind of talk about that dating process a little bit because I think that's where um, a lot of moms get frustrated and they're like not encouraged to move forward you know once they yeah forget <laughs> the it yeah yeah they've been out of the game for so long I mean even me like um I mean I've talked to like one guy probably <laughs> within the last two years like it's terrible but I'm just like you know just trying to figure out um how do you go through that process yeah so for me um so I can only speak for myself and my experience but also just in the clients that I work with um I always kind of start with values and so values for me are really the things that are most important to you values are like the things that guide you through life they are really what your soul is telling you that you should go toward and what you should go away from um, so for me at that time in my life, like I knew education was like a big thing for me. Um, like I knew that I wanted to get my education because I knew it was a pathway to something bigger. So in my like dating mindset, right? Like I knew I could only date someone that was going to support me in my educational process. So if you aren't willing to work around my school schedule, like I had classes at night, you know, I had homework to do on the weekends. If you can't get with that then I'm sorry, like, you just didn't fit in. Like, you didn't fit into what I was trying to do because I knew my education was important to me. And it was what my heart and my soul was telling me that I needed to do for myself at that time in my life. So that's first. Um, I just always encourage women, you know, and of course, single moms, to, like, get clear on what you value first. Don't go, don't, never go into a dating relationship not knowing what's of the utmost importance to you. Never go into a relationship trying to figure out like, oh, I may like this. And oh, like you can't be flaky. You can't be like wishy-washy. 
if you're not in a place in your life where you're like, you know what, I know I value my family, I value faith, I value simplicity, you know, maybe money is not about high value to you, then you know, like, who you can and cannot date instead of just trying to, like, grab at straws. Um, so I always like to do, like, a values exercise with people to really get them thinking about, like, what do you really, really value? Your values are the things that really make you happy and feel fulfilled and just make you feel like the best possible person you could possibly be. And because that's who you want to bring to the table when you're dating, right, is your best self, not to be fake or, like, polish your, you know, polish your stuff up, but it's how can you expect for someone to give you their best if you're not at your best either? So I always like to start with values first. Um, and then the second thing for me was I had to be okay with receiving help. Because like, let's be honest, like as single moms, like you're, you're, you're doing it solo, right? So yes, whether it's financial help, physical help, emotional help, you know, you just having somebody wash your car, you may be like, hold on, dude, like I don't need you to wash my car, I'm good. But it's like, you have to stop and be like, hold on, like I'm tripping right now. Like this man just wanna help me out. But I've really noticed, and for myself included, like people trying to help me, genuinely help me, was a big thing that I had to overcome because I was so, so although I had the support of my family, it was just kind of like, it was still on me responsibility-wise. So I had kind of like programmed myself to be like, okay, this, this, and this, and this, and this, and that over there is my responsibility. Like, this is all on me. So when you get in that mindset of, I'm the sole person, I'm the sole provider, it's all on me, you're kind of like auto-programmed to like have up this wall and this barrier of when people do try to lend a hand and support you. Honestly, like sometimes we can be a little bit like rigid and think about receiving help. And so I really had to like stop and be like, you know what? This man is really trying to help me. Like he's really trying to be supportive. Let me not be in my own feelings, in my own way, because I've had this experience of like, I got to do it all by myself. It's all on me. Like, let me stop and think and breathe and be like, okay, girl, like, just relax. It's okay to accept help because you're not weak. You're not less than. You're a human being. And we all need help and support at some point. But I think a lot of single moms run from it because that's not what's comfortable. That's not what's their norm. The norm is it's all on me. I got to do it all by myself. But when you're honestly in a truly um, equally matched and yoked relationship, that person should help you. That person should be someone that you can lean to and really be like, you know what, I'm just not feeling it today. I just, I need you. But you have to be, as a, as a single mom, you have to be open to letting someone that close and that end to be able to be like, okay, let me let my guard down a little bit so this man can wash my car and it not be a, a big deal. Um, so for me, my biggest two things are, you got, like, you got to know your values. You got to know what's important to you, what you're going to stand for, um, what you're not going to stand for. And then if that person is not willing to, you know, fall in line with that, then it's like, you can, you know, you can hit the door. Um, and then also, you have to be open to receiving some type, of, some type of help and support. Because if you don't, I mean, you know, men, ego, that whole thing, you know, they want to feel like they're needed. And that they have value and worth in the relationship. And if you don't do that, you know, you know, you might fall into that whole strong black woman, you know, hero thing. And that's it's 2018. Let's be honest. That that may not work out too well. So those are my two things: values, and you have to be open to receiving help. You have to be. 
Okay, that makes total sense because I'm like, you know, we talk about being intentional and we talk about all these things, but it's like when it really boils down to it, it boils down to you and like you said, your values. So thanks for sharing that. Now, what actually influenced your decision to become a counselor? Because I know you have a master's in counseling, but what is your undergraduate degree in? My undergraduate is from um, Georgia State, and it's actually in psychology and African-American studies. Okay, so you've been having this, I guess, idea to, um, you know, study behaviors for a while, you know? What actually influenced your decision to kind of go into psychology and then counseling? Um, so honestly, and I think most counselors will say this, um, whether you're a counselor or a life coach, it was my own personal experiences. Um, it was me sitting in that chair on the other side of the chair, me receiving help um, back in 2008, 2009, and me being able to say, you know what, this person really put a seed in my life and it transformed who I was as a person. So my own personal experiences of being the person receiving the therapy really like it's something in my heart to say, you know what, if this is the experience that God gave me, if this is the experience of being a teen parent, going through all of this stuff, this is the profession that I know I'm being called to really work in um, because I received so much life-changing support and guidance, therapy, coaching, mentorship, because I knew that I needed it. So for me, it's just like, what better profession would it be to be able to give that back to people on a daily, on a daily basis? Um, I meet with so many single moms um, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and it's just like, it gives me so much joy to A, hear their story, to really have that like, feeling of I feel what you're feeling like I get it like I I get where you're coming from um and as a like as a life coach like you have to be able to listen to people um and listening is super hard sometimes because you you know you got thoughts going on you got monkey mind as I call it but really being able to like sit with people and be like you know what like I hear you like I, I really hear the pain or I hear the joy I hear the frustration I can hear it all but then being able to walk them back through like this is where I am like this is my story but my truth is on a whole nother level. Like my story and my truth for me, they're two different things. And I really, really enjoy being able to help people figure out like, what is your truth? Like, what is the thing that you want to really mark in the sand or mark in the stone really and say, you know what, this is the life that I live. This is the, the purpose that I serve. And I'm going to stand by it and walk in it every single day. So I just, I really enjoy, I enjoy my, because I don't really call it a job, to be honest. Um, that's why I say I don't really like putting titles on what I am, because I'm just another person trying to, just out here trying to help people, help people figure out what they're trying to do, where they're trying to go, and how does all the stuff that happens in between, like, how does it really fit into, like, what are you trying to do? Because I feel like the things that you've been through, should never just be like put by the wayside and it just become a part of, okay, yeah, I was homeless or, you know, I was a single parent. I was a teen. Like that should never be the end of your story. Like there's always more to it. Um, So for me being a life coach and a counselor, really it's just my biggest passion is seeing people get to the other side of the stuff and seeing people get past 
fear and pain and frustration and seeing them like really live their best life because I feel like that's what it's all about. Like single mom legacy, that's what it's really all about. It's helping single moms get to the other side of whatever it is they want the other side to look like. You know, whatever your success and your purpose is, that's for you to define, not the world, not me as the coach. It's for you to define, but it's my my responsibility to really walk with you, listen to you, and help you figure out what are the steps I need to make, what are the goals I need to set for myself for me to really be able to make it come to fruition and really manifest itself in my life. So at what point do you think a single mom should seek counseling? I uh, remember I was talking to one mom on the podcast and we were talking about, you know, finding a therapist. And I felt like it was really important to be able to have someone that is relatable. And when I say that she's black, she's been a single mom before. Um, Maybe she's married now, um, those sort of things. So, and Mm -hmm. I don't know, like for those people who may not be able to find that, um, how do you think they could go about like finding a therapist or a counselor and at what point again should they consider counseling yeah so the first piece of that is um so therapy and coaching so life coaching are two different things um so for me really working in my coaching hat right now where I am in my life um if you find yourself in a place of you know I know what I want, right? I know that I maybe want to be married, or if I know I want to go back to school, change careers, but I kind of see myself repeating the same cycle. So maybe the same thought process of I can't, these are my barriers, or like overthinking things, or I can't get financial aid, I can't do this. I had all these loans in the past for my job, or, you know, just really finding yourself in a place of I know what I want to do, like I know I have dreams and goals, but I just, for some reason, I just can't get it done. Like I just can't. I really can't move past this place where I am right now. Um, and maybe you feel like you don't have the people in your life that support system on the outside to really help you push through those things. Um, that's when I recommend people see a coach is when they really feel stuck. They really feel like, you know what? I know that I'm capable of all these great things, but for whatever the reason is, I have all these limiting beliefs and all these barriers, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, whatever the, like the blocks and the barriers are, that's when it's time for you to come and see a coach, someone like myself that can really help you sit with where you are now, so your present, but look toward the future of, okay, this is my present state, but I know I have the capacity and the ability to be somewhere else in a year or six months or next week, whatever it is. So if you really find yourself like repeating the same maybe relationship cycles you dating the same type of guys and you just can't figure out why they're attracted to you. You know, you can't dodge the the no goods, you know, you can't dodge the men that just be doing the most. You're like, why do I keep attracting this type of person? Maybe it's the energy that you're giving off to the world, you know, the vibe that you're giving off and you don't know how to like stop those vibes. Again, that's where I would come in. We would sit down go through different exercises, have conversations about, okay, like what is the energy that you're truly like radiating off into the world? Because that's what you're going to get back. You know, whatever you put out is what you're going to get back. So whether that's dating, career, you know, friendship, family, finances, whatever you give off is exactly what you're going to get back. So again, I would just recommend people to come see a coach like myself whenever you feel like, like, look, I'm out here. I know I have dreams and goals and hopes. I just can't figure out how to like get to the other side of it. Whatever the reason is, I just need support and help. 
Um, and then the second piece of that question is, um, so for me, it's just like building yourself a community, right? So, you know, your blog, making sure that you're out here listening, filling your, your mind and your time up with resources. That's first. Oftentimes where single moms feel alone is because they're not like stretching themselves to think outside of the box, to fill their time up with resources, to be able to find people like themselves, you know, black women that have gone through what they've gone through, but they have the, um, the credentials and the experience to really assist and help them. So it's not like, you know, we're besties, we're friends. You know, it's more of a professional relationship, but I have the ability to help you. So I would just say, make sure that you're using all of your resources. So Facebook, Instagram, Google. I mean, Google's the thing, right? You know, Google um, Black therapists or Black life coaches in my area. You know, going, reaching out to local community service boards. I know where I live in Atlanta, it's just like, if you Google something, like I said, Black therapists in my area, I'm sure pages of them will come up. But again, we have to stop and think outside of our normal box of, I have a problem. Now let me really sit and think about what solution I can find to my problem instead of just being like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm not in a good place. So, okay, that's the thing, but what are you going to do about it? Like what's next? So I would just say, reach out and try to use your resources. And your blog is a awesome first start. So if you're listening, kudos to you, girl. First step. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I do have a few posts on there. I don't blog like I should. But yeah, the resources are there. Um, and like you said, Google is always a good place as well. And then um, there are some single mom groups too on Facebook. And then I recently started a single mom group. So I'm trying to get that off the ground as well. So yeah, there's tons of things that, you know, single moms can take advantage of, especially single black moms, you know, because I think it's one yeah. thing to um, go and join, you know, just the regular single mom group, but then another thing to go and join a single black mom group because there are some differences. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, you want people that look like you and have the same kind of like cultural experiences as you right. and talk like you and yeah. get the stuff that you say. So I mean, yeah, and that and that's a, one of the reasons I found that a lot of people, um, so black women, um, stray away from mm-hmm. support, whether that's you seeing a life coach or a therapist, any type of just support, professional support in general, is because oftentimes we don't do the time and do our due diligence to seek out people that look like us. And it's not saying that you have to only go with people that look like you, but let's be honest, like when you're sharing the intimate most parts of your life and your feelings and stuff that you don't just tell everybody. Like you want to be somebody that can understand. Yeah, definitely. You want to be comfortable. So I think that's definitely the first thing is seek out somebody that's been through it, girl. Like seek out somebody that is going to understand the like our colloquialisms and our words and what we say and our experiences. Like somebody that's going to get it. So that makes you feel more comfortable and open to open up. Like don't create another barrier for yourself. Because you're sitting in front of somebody that doesn't look like you. And so in the back of your mind, you're more so worried about like, is she judging me? Does she know what that means? Or does he know what that, you know, that means? Or do I have to explain myself? You can just like really open up and be free and say what you have to say and get it out. Instead of you like having all these like background thoughts about the person that's in front of you, because that's like, that's just another barrier to your process. So you definitely make sure you're seeking out people that you can relate to. 
and that you're going to feel comfortable and you're going to want to keep seeing because that's the thing like it's about being consistent so I always say you got to open up and you got to show up like if you don't do those two things then your process is going to be halted really quickly Yes. And one thing that I can say is I was listening to another podcast and I believe they were talking about mental health and she talked about you actually doing the work before you go to see a therapist or a counselor and actually um, writing down the things that you are having problems with and that you actually want to work on. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're having a problem, um, you're always tired or you're always frustrated and then, you know, you're, you're taking that out on your kids, then maybe that's something that you should write down to talk to someone mm-hmm. about. Um, and like you said yeah. earlier, you know, if you are stuck and you can't move forward, but you know that you have this vision, then that's when you should probably seek a coach. So just trying to kind of talk about the differences a little bit between seeking out a coach and then seeking out a counselor or um, a therapist and how they are different. But moving on, what are some ways that you encourage your clients to build their mental strength to um, begin creating that single mom legacy? So, you know, um, I guess trying to transition like from this stage to the next stage, right? So they've accepted the mm-hmm. fact that, okay, you know, they are a single mom and now they know that they have to put in work. What's next? Right. Yeah. So I always first commend people for just like doing the steps, right? Because that's, that's hard sometimes is that admitting, having an awareness. So that's first. Um, but next it would just be, like you said, like, let's sit down and figure out what are your goals? Like, what do you want to accomplish? Because again, my job as a coach, is to listen to you because you have all the answers. Like, this is your life. I'm just here to help you be accountable to it, figure it out, stop making excuses, like eliminate the limiting beliefs that you tell yourself about your life and help you work through it. So that's first for me is always to like really sit with people and figure out like, what are your goals? What are you really trying to accomplish? Um, and if that's something that's hard for you, okay, then maybe I'll go to the value exercise. Like, okay, well, like, let's talk about When's the last time you were like super happy, that you felt super fulfilled, that you felt super like empowered and in control in your life? Because let's face it, like everyone wants to feel that way. Maybe we can't do it all the time, but people want to feel like they're in control and that they have power over their lives and that they're happy and they feel fulfilled and they're doing the things that they want to do. And I think most times people can think of experiences or people or places that kind of like evoke those feelings and we just kind of go from there. So um, with actually the course that I'm launching, um, the Legacy Builder course, it's kind of a compilation. It's a six-week course. It's like a compilation of my experiences, of course, but also the experiences and the things of single parents that I've worked with um, and just hearing their stories and just knowing from a coach's standpoint, what are things that are really key and important to you moving forward in your process? Um, because a lot of things in life are theme-based meaning we have like cycles that repeat in our life. And maybe we don't take the time to like stop and think about what is the overarching like scene that's happening to me right now. Maybe it's I don't have very good um, coping skills or I don't, I don't forgive people very well. Like I harbor feelings and like I hold on to stuff. But whatever that is, like I really like to help people open up to it first and like put it in their face and remind them like, okay, if this is something that you see happening over and over again, like let's not just keep, you know, skipping over it. Like if you keep having these same type of relationships 
So it's a different guy, but it's the same type of relationship. Or you keep having these same like career moves, but you're not being satisfied. Like, what is that? Like, let's address the elephant that's in the room and stop just trying to like, you know, sweep it under the rug like it's not there. Um, so I really, I just want to talk to people because again, coaching is really just about listening to people, um, hearing their story, and pulling out like the things and what's important. Um, to them, not me, what's important to them in their story and really helping them process out of all of this that you've told me, what is most important to you and how, like, at the end of it all, what is the legacy that you want to say was fulfilled at the end of your, at the end of your life? Because that's, that's what it's really all about. Like, what is your legacy going to say? What are the feelings that people would have felt when they interacted with you? Um, and how do we get to that place right now today? Okay, that is awesome. So, you know, they have to understand that you are the coach, but they have to put in the work. Like you can only give them tools that they need to succeed as single moms and move forward. Now, um, when you think back over your single motherhood journey, do you feel like you should have had a coach or... Um, do you feel like therapy was enough? Um, kind of talk about that a little bit. And then afterwards, like if you had to give yourself, you know, like again, thinking back, three tips that you wish somebody would have given you, what would those be? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. Um, so I was like processing the tips. So what was your first question again? I'm sorry. Oh, no. So... You know, when you um, when you think back over your single motherhood journey, um, do you think that therapy was enough or do you wish you would have had a coach? Um, you know, because I don't know when coaching came on the scene. I mean, it's very good. Um, people say everyone needs a coach, but is that really the case? You know, I know we talked about um, at what point, you know, you actually need to seek out a coach, but... Um, do you wish that you would have had one when you were going through what you were going through? Or do you think therapy pretty much did the job for you? Yeah. So I feel like, um, in the first stages of my process of, so when I was, let's see, 17, 18, just had my daughter, I needed to be in therapy, um, because there was a lot of stuff from my past that, I needed to deal with, meaning um, forgiving myself first, forgiving the father of my child, um, forgiving some stuff for my parents, you know, working through that whole process. So that's for me where, depending on how old you are, where you are in your experiences, you have to make the decision um, about who needs, who do you need to sit down and talk to? Um, because again, therapy and coaching is very different. Um, so for me, therapy was enough for where I was as a 18, 19 year old young woman that just really, that felt really alone in the world. And that really felt like, you know what, I know there's something going on with me emotionally, um, and mentally, and I need to figure it out. And honestly, I think, like you said before, like coaching wasn't like fully, like a thing back then so would I've seen a coach you know who knows my parents are paying for it so I, you know I went with it whatever but um 
So I feel like at that time in my life, therapy was what I, what I needed for me to get to my next process. Um, but as far as seeing a coach, so I feel like there's coaches for well, there's coaches for different things. So you can have like a business coach, you can have a you know just like an overall life coach, you can have a like specialty life coach. So like I would consider myself someone that's more of a more of a niche life coach because I only work with single moms because that is such a um, a demographic that has so many layers and I almost feel like in some ways you kind of need to have been there to really really be able to experience people and help them really process things um, and be empathetic and get some stuff right yes um, most definitely. But do I feel like so do I feel like everyone needs so let's say do I feel like every single mom needs a coach I'm not going to say that, but I will say every single mom needs a community, some type of tribe, some type of support system. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some people, they can't find that in family, friends, you know, coworkers. So they need to hire a professional for them to like, let me get this out. Let me get this off of my chest. Let me figure out where I am and where I want to be. Because yeah. I can't do that with my mom. I can't do that with my sister. I can't do that with my cousin. And that's okay. And I think mm-hmm. that's the first thing people have to be okay with is just like, oh my gosh, when I think about it, I don't have really anybody in my life right now that I can really vent with and figure some stuff out. Like that's, oh, that's super okay. And we have to be okay with that like idea. Um, so I think that's why I cut, like everyone, for that reason, everyone should have a coach. If you don't have someone in your life that you can really talk to, figure some stuff out, process things, have somebody to listen to you, have somebody to really not try to impose their advice on you because I definitely don't give advice. That's what I said. I'm not like, you know, chit-chat girlfriend. Like we're really here to do work and get some stuff done and figure some things out. Um, so if you feel like you don't have that person in your life, then yes, for sure. You need to get a, you need to get a coach. You need to get somebody that's going to really help you get locked in, focused, figure out what you value, figure out your goals, figure out the steps to get there and hold you accountable along the way. Because if not, if you're in that same situation of not having the support system, not having that community, not having that tribe, that's when you kind of start to feel alone. Like I don't have anybody I can talk to, anybody I can vent to, anybody I can express my true feelings to, anybody that's going to give me feedback. And everybody needs that because we're all human beings and we all need certain levels of like interaction and closeness and engagement. So yeah, everybody needs a coach. If you don't have someone in your life, that's really going to hold you accountable and be present with you and help you figure out, help you figure out your stuff. Um, and then so my three tips, that was a good question. So, um, so these are the tips that I would give to single moms listening. So let's see, my first tip would definitely be to be honest with yourself, I tell so many people outside of my coaching practice and just, you know, friends, you know, you have to be honest with yourself. The worst person you could ever lie to is yourself. Like that is the worst person you could ever lie to because you're, you're essentially telling yourself that everything's all good, everything's all gravy, you know, you're okay. Maybe you're okay financially, relationship-wise, and you're not. So then you like sell yourself this dream a dream that you really don't want to live, but you just keep living it because that's what's comfortable, that's that's what you feel like is okay because that's the norm. But deep down inside, like, you know, there's more to your life. So first is you always got to be honest with yourself. Um, Like, you should never lie to yourself about your situation, the people in it, and just the life around you. 
Um, and then my second tip would be um, to definitely like find yourself a solid like community tribe. Find yourself um, so whether that's a coach, find yourself a group of people, someone find someone that you can find connection with. Um, because way too often um, I hear single moms say that they are alone. And then that feeling of alone just really comes from like, you know what, I don't have anybody that I really feel like I can get to open up to that's going to listen to me. So not give me advice, not tell me how to feel, but just like really, really like listen to me and let me be myself in this moment and let me get out what I need to get out. So whether that's, you know, an online Facebook community or you hire, like you hire a coach or you seek out really good relationships, like you form yourself an accountability group, you know, whatever it is that you need to do for you to find community and be engaged and be a part of other people and hear other people's stories and realize and like figure that you're not really alone in this whole thing, that there's no isolation of experiences, like that's super, super important. Um, so the second tip would be is find a tribe, find someone that you can really like connect to. And my third tip would be get really clear on what's most important to you. So don't try to live your life subscribing to other people's expectations and other people's values and other people's belief systems. Because I know for me and my single mom journey, it took me a long time to be okay with standing up to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this. Like, this is not the life that I'm going to live. And it took me a while to get to that place because I still felt guilty for some of the decisions that I had made in my past. And I wasn't fully comfortable with saying like, you know what, I'm, I'm good enough right now to make decisions for myself. And they be, you know, they be pretty good decisions. Like, I'm not going to just screw up my life completely. Like, I'm good. Um, so definitely be okay with living the life that you want to live it the way you want to live it and how you want to live it. Because dealing with your own thoughts is enough. It's a whole nother thing to like add on other people's thoughts and other people's expectations and other people's values on top of your own. Like that's super heavy to walk around with. And that's super heavy to try to like, you know, decode and figure out and figure out what should you really do and what life should you really live. And, you know, that's really, really hard. Um, so definitely be okay with living the life that you want to live for yourself and not really worry about what other people have to say. As long as you're doing what you know you should do for yourself and your child and what God says that you should do for your purpose, be okay with it um, and walk in your truth not anybody else's. So yeah, be honest with yourself, find a tribe, a community, and be okay with your values and your expectations and living the life that you want to live, not somebody else's. Okay, those are really good tips. Thanks so much for sharing. Well, thank you. Yeah. So um, really quickly, let's go over the um, legacy builder. Is that what the, cl- the course is called? Um, I know you talked yeah, about it really briefly, yeah. but just one more time, talk about what they can expect from this course. Like if they enroll, um, how actually how long will they have to, you know, um, do the work and then mm-hmm. 
what they can expect to gain once they have completed the course? Yeah, so I am super, super excited to launch my course. Um, again, it's just like a, it's a series of my experiences working with clients. So it's a, it's a six-week online course. So it's online. So anybody in the world can take it. So it's convenient to you. Um, from the course, you can really expect to, A, get clear on your values, um, how to get from a place of feeling afraid, alone, so to really feeling like you're empowered and who you are as a woman first um, and then as a mom. So throughout the course, you'll really get to dig in deep to what are my personal individual values? What do I want to accomplish for myself? So I can get to the next level, whether it's career, relationship, finances, you know, spirituality, whatever it is. And the next thing is, how do I be the best mom that I could possibly be? So legacy um, stands for love, empowerment, gratitude, assets, community, and you. And each one of those weeks walks the participant through what, how do all of these things relate back to your legacy? Because for me, in my journey as a single mom, I knew for sure that working a job that I hated, being in relationships that caused me more pain than they did value not having people in my life that really supported me, feeling like, you know what, Kendria, you know that you have so much more ability and capacity in your life. How do you get to that place? What do you do to really build a legacy that you're going to be proud to live out every day and to leave behind to the people that care about you? Um, so the course really is just going to walk you through, how do I be my best person as a woman first and then as a mom? How, do I, how, do my, how am I going to be able my best person for myself, for that job, for that relationship that I want to be in, for this business I want to start? How do I get to my best place? How do I get to the place of being emotionally okay, being able to practice self-care day in, day out, all the time? So we talk about how self-care is a mental thing, not a, all the time, like a tangible, physical thing. Um, so yeah, the course is really rich. It is, um, it's a very impactful thing. So that's why I say you have to be ready to open up and show up for the course because when you do, it will definitely change the way you, A, parent, um, but more importantly, how you treat yourself um, and how you put yourself out into the world and what you grow to expect from other people um, because that's what it's really all about because if, the, if it's your choice to remain single, you have to be emotionally strong enough to pour into this, to this little person. So I think you said that earlier, Kim, like if you're constantly frustrated, or aggravated, or like on pins and needles, like, is that really the feelings you want to leave behind for your kids? Is that what you want to be your legacy? Like, I don't think so. So like, let's get to the other side of that. Like, let's get to a place of you having good days and you feeling grateful and you being good and you being empowered to really be able to take care of this kid. Um, and give your best self to them on a regular basis. Um, so once you enroll in the course, um, it'll be live videos of me. You'll have weekly coaching calls with me so it's time to like process each week's lesson. So I'm not going to like, hey, enroll in my course and you know, you're left to yourself for six weeks you know, with all these feelings and stuff. No, um, it's going to be me walking you through each week's lesson um, step by step, you'll have exercises, you'll have worksheets to fill out. So it's a very, very rich course because 
we are dealing with people's legacy. Um, and so I want to make sure that people get the fullness of the experience and the fullness of this is the life that I want to lead. This is the life that I want to create for myself. And it is bigger than working, paying bills, taking care of kids, you know, taking them to doctor's appointments. It's bigger than all of that. Like life is so much more than that. And so this course is really going to help people figure out how do I get to, how do I get to my best self, like my absolute best self whatever that that best self is supposed to be. So you'll have lifetime access to the course, meaning if it takes you 12 weeks because you're like really, really digging in, then you'll have 12 weeks to do the course. I'm not gonna like shut it down on you at week six. You'll have lifetime access to the course, the materials. Um, and then if after the six weeks, if they wanna sign up for more one-on-one individualized coaching with me, that'll also be an option for um, the moms that choose to enroll as well. Okay, awesome. Now tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you on social media and wherever else you are. Yeah, for sure. So my Instagram is single mom underscore legacy. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook at uh, single mom legacy. Um, so the webinar is actually going to be this Thursday. Um, so was at the 21st, the 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So Wednesday or Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so that'd be the webinar. And actually the webinar, you can use some really, really good information from the webinar um, to really start your process and you figuring out how do I get to my best self? How do I go from maybe feeling tired, unbalanced, just kind of out of whack? So the webinar, um, I really encourage everybody to log in, register for the webinar. Um, because that is really going to be like the first step in your process to say, you know what, I need to really get some things together. Um, so, yep, you can follow me on Instagram again at single mom underscore legacy or on Facebook at single mom legacy. Okay, awesome. Now, if they sign up for the webinar, will there be a replay available if they can't make it? Or is this just a live only webinar? Yep, so it is going to be recorded live, but I will have a replay available after the webinar goes live. So, yeah, for sure, because I know people's schedules are crazy. So, yes, there will definitely be a replay um, posted um, to my Facebook after the live webinar on Thursday. Okay, sweet. Well, thanks so much, Kendria, for chatting. Thank you, Kim. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming through to um, just share your knowledge. I appreciate it, and I'm sure everyone else will, too. So thanks again, and you have a good night. All right, you too. Thanks, Kim. You are welcome. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Kendria dropped a lot of gems about mental health and just doing that inner work. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to leave us a review rate the podcast, and be sure that you subscribe so you never miss another episode. Thanks again so much for listening. And if you're interested in connecting with me on social, you can find me at Single Black Motherhood. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You can check out the website at singleblackmotherhood.com. Don't forget to share this episode with a mom friend or a family member that you know will be able to use this information. And I have a favor for you guys. Let me know if you are in the Houston area and you have a therapist. 
I am going to be actively uh, seeking out a therapist. I've been saying for a while now that I'm going to commit to doing the inner work, but I've read some books and um, haven't really committed to it, right? So now I am decided or I have decided that I am going to actively look for someone. I prefer that she is a black mom and maybe she was once a single mom and now she's married because yes, um, I still have marriage goals <laughs> and yeah, I would greatly appreciate it. So you guys let me know. And again, I appreciate each and every one of you for taking out the time to listen. So until next week, thanks again. Bye.